Welcome to Bruin Source. This is Isaiah. This is Ed. And we are recording after the Pac-12 tourney, and this is our Match Madness edition. Madness. Match uh, Madness. Madness. Edi- match Madness. I mean, that's how it's going to feel after this weekend. I'm sure many upsets, <laughs> but our March Madness edition. Here we are. Um, how are you feeling? Let's let's actually. I know we're gonna get into the Pac-12 tourney, but how do you feel about the season so far? Now that we concluded the regular season. Um, I think there's been some frustrating moments, but in when you look at the larger context of the season, like with all the injuries and COVID and whatnot. It's been largely successful. I, I think with the amount of adversity we've gone through, getting you know a top four seed winning 20-plus games with only six losses or seven, however, whatever we have on the season, um, is, is, is t- a testament to, to Mick Cronin's coaching. Um, he hasn't been perfect by any means, but I, I think it's been a largely successful season up to this point. Um, though I would argue that success really uh, is going to be defined in how we do in the tournament. So, yeah, I, I, with all things considered, it's been, it's been good. Um, you know, the jumping into the, the Pac-12 tournament, it, it was a frustrating win to end that, end that, uh, tournament. We had Arizona on the ropes for 75% of that game, and we basically gave that game up in the span of, like, eight possessions where we just lost defensive focus. Um, and that was what was frustrating there. Um, I agree. You know, it, it, it's frustrating because... It's frustrating because... Uh, how, do we, how do you say this? You know that Arizona is, I mean, they're one of the best teams in the country and also pretty underrated to start the season. I think most of us, I, you know, on our side thought that, okay, they're a fringe top 25 team, but even by us, you know, in terms of the first year, new first year coach, we knew um, they were going to probably take some time. We didn't expect them to, to rise the way they did and how fast they did. But how we took control of that game, it felt like we were, again, uh, kind of sending them a message, and we just and we collapsed. And and you know while we understand the bohemia that Arizona has become, it we're still UCLA, and we want to make sure we send that message to them every time we play. And we didn't do that. Now I will say the positive out of the Pac-12 tournament was also going, you know, finishing the season two and one against USC and kind of sh- shedding getting that monkey off of Cronin's back. And, and clearly, you know, his record still is below 500 total, but it feels like it's trending in the right direction. So that was cool to see. And, you know, we handled a, a, a Wazoo team pretty handily, you know, minus the last two minutes where we let them uh, make the game feel closer than it actually was um, on on the scoreboard. But... Um, we also that, had walk-ons in at that point. Yeah, so that was that, you know, but both of the first two games felt great, you know, we were trending up, and that's how it felt up to the 17th minute of the Arizona game, and it was just frustrating to see this pattern that concerns us going into the tournament. Now, with that said, 
this team overall has seemed to lock in. Um, I, I like that we're healthy, you know, relatively healthy. It seems like Haquez has is, is kind of gotten his legs back. And, and Ju Zhang, while he wasn't as effective on offense, you know, and, and also defense, uh, we're also going to give him, you know, so, uh, not necessarily a pass, but he has to, he has to be given the same time um, that we gave the others who have ankle injuries. So we are going into the tournament relatively healthy. I think it's it's impressive to see how Cronin has been able to utilize the defense. And, you know, we're ranked, what, I think we're ranked 12th in the country in Kimpong, um, which is impressive with this group. And I don't say, you know, not to shame this group or say, like, they're not too talented, but these are guys who are definitely overperforming on defense, and that's done through the coaching that Cronin is teaching them, whether it's creating havoc and, uh, you know, clogging the passing lanes and crowding the paint. Because what had happened during Arizona is as soon as our big guys were fouled out, they exposed the middle, and they did that through their athleticism, their length, and uh, and obviously just throwing it into the paint. Um, the lobs came, you know, which is kind of their bread and butter this year, and it really got them back in the game. It wasn't necessarily guard play. It was the length of the wings and the big men down low. And that, you know, it's concerning. But here we are. Uh, we're going into the tournament with the team we have. I think that it was positive to see that Miles played more minutes. Then, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, did he play more minutes? Didn't Riley? It felt like he did. Um, I think down the stretch or towards the second half, though, because of foul trouble, he had to sit for a lot longer. Um <laughs> But, but I mean, he started against SC, and I think, I don't remember the starting lineup now. I, like, have blacked the, the Arizona game out from my memory, but I I want to say he started that game, too. Now I'm going to look. Yeah, and so to that point, um, you know, we have this team. We know who we are, and now we, I mean, we got to... Okay, overall, we got a bad draw because we should have been a 3C probably in the Midwest, right, in Wisconsin spot. Uh, Yeah, that was frustrating. I will say that the selection selection Sunday and the whole process around the the draws, I mean, if, if you go by the data and statistics, which the committee claims they will use, um, looking at kind of net, looking at um, Ken Palm, we should be in that three to two range. Um, and we did get shafted from that perspective. Um, and there were some teams that were clearly did not deserve those, those, um, spots based on those metrics that did get them. So that is a, um, it's frustrating for sure. Yeah, and to that point, it is. That's. I guess we'll stay on this in terms of. Um, it, it was clear going us going into the finals that we were a top ten team in the country, and I think Kim Palm has us at eight right now, or even finishing the tournament. It was also understood. It was expected. I think you even tweeted out that we weren't going to be considered a top ten team, and we weren't going to get that treatment from the committee. From what my understanding is, the committee has like 10 brackets going into Sunday. Um, And that, you know, the results, our game's done on Saturday, so it doesn't matter. But it felt like even as soon as Texas Tech made it to the final and um, 
and Purdue made it to the final, that they were going to just be slotted ahead of us unless we beat Arizona. And that wasn't a good feeling. It was, you know, it, it all hinged on us beating Arizona, even though we played them tough for the whole game. It didn't really, it, it showed that the committee's not going to really move the needle unless it's some uh, low-ranked team that wins the tournament. It didn't do much for us, um, and I think we played excellent throughout the tournament. So that was frustrating to see. Unless you're Oregon State, unless you're, um, what's the other team that won, uh, surprisingly? I think it was uh, Virginia Tech, who I don't, I mean, they were kind of on the bubble already, but they solidified their, their spot. But if you're, if it, for example, if Texas A&M won the SEC, uh, they would have made the tournament. But besides that, nothing else felt like it was really effective. Uh, Wisconsin lost in the quarterfinals, and look, they just didn't move, you know, um, which was frustrating to see. Purdue lost to, I mean, they lost to Iowa, who's obviously one of the hottest teams in the country right now, but uh, they lost pretty convincingly. And they already had lost, you know, prior to that. They had some bad losses, so y- you can make an argument for a trend there. And while we're trending up on the other side, so... Uh, it, it is frustrating to see the bias of conferences because clearly, you know, the Pac-12 with three teams and the while you have the Mountain West have four teams, it just shows the perception of the committee is, is very flawed um, on how they're ranking our teams because there are teams within, you know, that were had net rankings that could qualify for this tournament. And it affected us, you know, there was a residual effect of us. And that's yeah. that's the difference between a three and a four. Yeah, and I think it was Martin Jarmond or somebody who alluded to the committee using some sort of uh, other factors, um, some secret statistics or some bullshit like that. Uh, uh, the, the fact of the matter is that the committee basically threw out all of the, the principles that they claimed they're going to use and just made this up. That I'm convinced of that. And that's what I, happens when you have a human element. They just can't let go of that, uh, unfortunately. It happens in the playoff the playoff selection as well. Um, granted, I think the playoffs, they have only so many spots, so there's going to be so many few errors when they're choosing four teams. But to that point, it's the same trend. Yeah, but here we are. We have our fourth seed in the East. Um, first game against Akron, um, and, you know, the road probably goes through Baylor, um, if we are to go deep here, um, in the Sweet 16. And not only that, okay, I want to say that, if we're going to be a four seed, I think this is the bracket we want to be in, um, I say that because, uh, how it works, I think it's like an S-curve where, the odds are uh, what the evens are the highest ranked of their their group, and then the odds are the lowest ranked. So for that, uh, Baylor is the lowest ranked one seed, and then the lowest ranked three seed is Purdue, right? And then the highest ranked is us in Kentucky in the even side. So when you look at the contenders in this bracket, it puts us in a pretty good spot, I think. Uh, rather than being a four, you know, in the Midwest playing a Kansas team or playing an Iowa team which is really hot right now. Um, so I do feel good about that. But again, you know, we don't want to look too forward. We we understand, you know, especially from the lessons of last tournament, which were really good. You got to take every game at a time. We were a one half uh, away from, from losing against Michigan State and none of 
you know, this magical run that's now being referenced. I can, they're already talking about in the first four, which is really cool, uh, for these teams, um, as kind of a blueprint, um, for, for teams to, to believe that they have a shot to making the final four. But to that point is we have Akron coming up and, you know, they're what the 13th seed and, uh, they're an interesting team because they beat a Kent state, which has some players suspended. I mean, that in itself was a story in its own, um, in terms of whether those players should be suspended, but yeah, players suspended and Akron faced, you know, this lowly team and they've also only beat, I think they only played two tournament teams this year. So we're favored by 15 points. This team is, is not that fast. Uh, and I'm expecting, um, a blowout at this point, as we should, you know, we always were a little bit battered from, from our past in terms of, of having let down games, but I don't think this is going to be it. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, I have not watched Akron play. Uh, all I have seen about them is that they're not a good team. Now they obviously it's a tournament team. Um, so they're, they're good enough to make the tournament, but, Apparently not a great team, so we'll we'll see how we 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 um, perform against them. I I do expect us to win, um, and if we don't win, then that's obviously a, <laughs> um, a a big big problem, and will be very very depressing. But but um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if kind of. Again, how locked in we are against this team. Like, are we going to play sloppy and kind of scrape by, or are we just going to really lock in and, and blow them out? And and I think, based on the Pac-12 tournament, we were locked in for about 95% of the tournament, and it was that 5% against Arizona, um, obviously, that we let up what caused us to lose that game. But, you know, 95% against you know, almost, you know, almost every team minus like three will probably get you a W um, with how we, good we are. So, um, yeah, definitely expecting a win here. Um, and then we're, we're probably going, and then we'll see who wins out of St. Mary's in Indiana, um, who we would face next. Uh, I think people are writing Indiana off. Um, I think St. Mary's is a good team. I think in Ken Palm, they're like 12. Um, and statistically, they're good. But we match up pretty good against them. They don't have that giant interior, um, the interior presence that, that gives us trouble. They're not overly athletic or long. So I think we would be able to, to handle them pretty well. But I'm not writing Indiana off here against SMC. I um I'm actually going to take Indiana to win this. Um you know, we oh, look at opponents. And the reason being, there's obviously I I'm feeling like I'm embodying a committee here where I'm going to uh, I'm going to make the argument that the, the the WCC is overrated. Uh I know we believe the Big 10 is overrated. That's kind of a consensus, but I even believe the WCC is even more overrated. And not to that point that um that they're not a good conference. I just don't think they're a power six in the competition. So I think their their stats are a bit inflated in terms of the competition they have. St. Mary's did a hell of a job against Gonzaga on the road later in the season. 
one of the last weekends, I watched that game, and Logan Johnson, he's a gamer. And they have a couple other guys that I can't remember right now, but St. Mary's is a team that just, that, that takes me that they are going to be playing a motivated uh, Indiana, which didn't shoot well against Wyoming at all, right? Um, and that was surprising, but I do think Indiana can fly um, with these guys. And I think, I don't, you know, I'm using the element of, of the, you know, everybody playing for Woodson um, at the moment. And I believe it's his first year, if I'm right. Is it his first year? Or his it is, year? yeah. Yeah, yeah. And him just kind of getting that hoorah from his guys. And I think they're going to be sharp against a team that they know that they're underranked with. Um, so I think Jackson Davis is going to have a great game again. He, he had a great game against Wyoming and I think he's going to take that. And I think it's going to be a big factor. Uh, I also, I mean, biasly, I would like to see a blue blood matchup. Um, I, as we get into a tournament, you'll probably notice a trend of the teams I do want to face here, but Indiana is the team I want to face. You know, obviously we have some sort of history with them, whether it's through Alfred or, or losing to them you know, to pretty badly against the Bob Knight year. So um, I would like to get a stab at them. It's always nice beating a blue blood. So, yeah, there's some bias there. But um, I think Jackson Davis, I mean, he shot 10 for 16 last night. And the rest of the team didn't shoot great. But he didn't even need to shoot threes to, to get 29 points and nine rebounds. And and not to say, you know, Wyoming is not St. Mary's, but I think he'll get some decent numbers, and I think he's playing at his best right now. This is a guy who's testing NBA waters, and Woodson convinced him to come back, and his athleticism showed last night. And I don't think this team that we just mentioned, uh, Zed just talked about how not the most athletic, I think that uh, that would play a huge factor. So I'm taking upset. If you guys haven't locked in your brackets and you hear this, uh, before I say go with Indiana as the 12 to beat the five St. Mary's. Interesting. Um, you, you mentioned blue blood, um, matchups. There's a chance that we could face North Carolina in the sweet 16 instead of Baylor. Um, I'm assuming Baylor will beat Norfolk state. Um, and I'm assuming North Carolina would beat Marquette. Now, that's actually a pretty tough matchup right there, too, is Marquette and North Carolina. But um, if North Carolina makes it through, you know, uh, the the matchup against Baylor is interesting because North Carolina has beaten some very good teams this year. They've also lost to some bad teams. But, you know, they, they they've had the ability to beat teams, and I think they, you know, they kind of flew under the radar this year, but they won 20-plus games and were actually, have been solid, I would say, um, and they have talent, obviously, Armando Baycott is is a, um, been a beast for them, but what do you think about North Carolina um, potentially matching up against Marquette and then Baylor? Yeah, North Carolina is interesting as well. You know, we're in a blue blood uh, region, which is cool to see. Um, and we'll get to the other side probably in a little bit. But North Carolina has uh, Caleb Love, which I think also another gamer. He's a former five-star. And <clears throat> and he showed out in that Duke game. Granted that, you know, they came out flat against Virginia Tech, but Virginia Tech's also seem like they're they're one of the, the, the best teams in the country at the moment. Again, not the best teams in the country, but one of the hottest teams. 
um, in the same sense of Iowa. But North Carolina, you know, they kind of got hit with a buzzsaw during the tournament. But I do think that, it, you know, Marquette's a tough matchup for them if they get past them. I think both of these teams have a chance against uh, Baylor. So let's go with the scenario that North Carolina does get past Marquette and they play Baylor. I think they have a really good chance. I think they have the length with um, uh, Armando uh, Baycott. I never can really pronounce his name. I'm just going off what I remember. <laughs> But um, but I think they can match up with a, a Baylor team that, you know, can fly but has just not seemed consistent as well um, and usually has a length. But I, I think they're just obviously hobble. I think the perception, you know, and Baylor could surprise us all and be like, hey, you know, we're still those guys. Like, don't, um, you know, we're coming for everyone. But I, I also think North Carolina's in the same sense that Indiana's playing for Woodson. I think they're starting to pick up for Davis, and I think that does play a factor in the tournament. And they will. Uh, there's a potential for an upset there. I don't know. I think it's going to be a close game. I forgot who I picked, but it would be fun if we played Indiana and North Carolina prior. I think North Carolina would be a tough team for us to to play. But you know what's fun again is that the fact that you have to remember we canceled our Vegas matchup. And there's a chance for for rescheduling that game, not not intentionally, but through through our uh, you know our will and our performance. Somehow we we can get that North Carolina game on the schedule in a neutral site, uh, which would be what in Philly probably, you know. So I I do like the prospect of it. I like their chances uh, against Baylor. I would put it more so on the, like the forty five percent. I'm not ready to call it an upset, but. There, you know, that's going to be a tough a section of the region between those three. I mean, Baylor's clearly going to beat the, I forgot who they're playing for the 16th seed, but whoever they have before Norfolk Marquette, State. Norfolk State, right? Which is an HBCU from Virginia. Um, but, you know, um, on that on that front, it's, it's going to be a good matchup. I think, you know, leading up these next two games that we have and the potential to play, in Philly versus uh, North Carolina, it lines up for a good storyline. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm interested to see the those matchups. Um, it's funny you you called this the blue blood bracket, the East, um, because we theoretically also, if we get through to the Elite Eight, I think could see Kentucky there. So, um, at some point. If I remember correctly, um, yeah. So there's a chance I'll give you the blue blood path for for UCLA. It would be sorry. Eight. We would see Kentucky in the final. In the yeah, in the elite, elite eight. eight. So we yeah. could play. There's a chance we play Indiana second round, North Carolina Sweet Sixteen, Kentucky Elite Eight, Duke Final Four, and Kansas in the championship. That would be I mean. Imagine that. I, I of course I don't even want Duke to get to the final four, but uh, something about <laughs> hardest road, the hardest road, the toughest way, yeah, the toughest road. Um, so that is intriguing in a sense. I I would love that path on paper. You know, each game would be incredibly nerve wracking because everyone who's wearing their jersey in these games clearly know the history they're carrying on their shoulders and the pressure that comes with, and just the media just blowing up every single game. But it'll be a hell of a journey if UCLA can do that because we're the only school I think that has that path. Um, yeah, we are. Besides Akron, so 
all five out of our six games could be against the Blue Bloods, and that's awesome to think about. What are your tournament expectations? Um, you know, at this point, because of the bracket we got, I'm expecting our floor to be a six, the Sweet Sixteen, and um, I'm fine with an Elite Eight. Um, and I will be happy with anything more than Elite Eight. So, to that point is, my expectation is that we make it... If, if There's two things. So, I think we're going to make it to the Final Four. That's what I expect. With this bracket, I think that there's going to be fortune that, that falls our way, and we're going to have some tough games. Um... But I, I'm going to go with the optimistic um, prediction on this end. I know a few media pundits actually have us coming out of the bracket. You know, us in Kentucky seem to be the favorites. Um, and I think I was listening to some ESPN guys. I think it was like Titus. And one of them had us actually playing in a national championship. And for me, again... They're losing, this, I think, to Kansas. Correct. And I think on that front is uh, there are two things um, that that affect us making it to the national championship and that is if we play Gonzaga in the final four I have a prediction that Texas Tech is going to be playing Gonzaga on the other side and if they somehow get Gonzaga I think because of the emotional high of that game and how they match up against us I'd like us matching up against Texas Tech in the final four rather than earlier in the tournament um, versus playing Gonzaga later in the tournament Um, I just don't want to see Gonzaga so if we do happen to get anyone uh, from the other side that's not Gonzaga, I feel good about our chances of making a national championship. And uh, from there, you know, whether we play Arizona or Kansas or whatnot or or Auburn, I don't know if Auburn's going to make it out, but just throwing out contenders. Uh, I, I like our chances. This is the best. If we're going to be a four seed, this is the best chance we have to make the national championship. And I don't see why... Um, we don't have our fair share of around 10% of, you know, pundits, uh, feeling like we can do it. Clearly there's a favor in Gonzaga and everything's kind of swinging that way. Arizona is getting, you know, their fair share of love. But outside of that, like those guys are on the other sides of the bracket and there's a lot that can happen in this tournament as we've seen. And, uh, Cronin has shown that he's going to get this team to come up. I like how Jules is playing. Uh, Juzang is a concern, but obviously he also hurt his ankle during Michigan State and just went on fire after that, you know, so he might be locked in and hopefully is. Uh, and we'll say Johnny played a better game against Arizona in the first half um, and and played defensively very well against um, USC. So I, I there are some signs of life that he's becoming healthier and kind of locking in. Um, but we need Jaime to keep playing Supernova, like um, he has been. Yeah, and so that sense, we just, I feel confident with the guys that are going to show up. And then if Juzang shows up, I think that's obviously puts us over the top. Um, so, you know, and I, I, the big thing this year is that Miles is going to be a huge factor. And I, I like to see, I'm hoping depending on how Cronin utilizes us, hoping. Also, I feel good about the, the, the refs. We're not dealing with Pac-12 refs, and I think for that, we're going to be able, our, our offense, our defense thrives during a tournament because we're able to get away with a bit more uh, physicalness. Um, so yeah, the, with, the other X factor I think that 
we've seen become playable even um, has been Peyton Watson over the last several games. Um, he's been able to come off the bench and be a difference maker on defense, but um, he's also shown some flashes of offense. So that just gives us another usable player with a lot of athleticism that I think can become very, very, very valuable during the tournament. Um, so that's something to watch out for as well. Yeah, and so I think things are going to play in our favor um, in that end. You know, I think that's the thing that happened last year as well. The Pac-12 showed up and clearly coming off a, a down uh, 2019 year, which was one of the worst years, and we still seem to be paying for that. Uh, I, I think we're going to thrive between er- I mean, the other schools as well. I don't know. Actually, there's only three of us, three schools, and other schools I don't particularly care for winning. Um, but it does... It, it will set again the tone and, and the belief that UCLA can win this. And again, we, we're never a Cinderella team, even as an 11th seed, and I think that has to get corrected. Uh, we're UCLA, and so um, let's take on whoever we can get. Uh, right, we got our draw. It wasn't the best that we wanted overall, but it's the best for a four seed, and I like our chances. Yeah, I mean, I think Cronin... Cronin builds towards this, the, the tournament, right? Like, this is what he coaches for. This is what he generally doesn't care as much about the regular season, which, you know, I think for some can be frustrating, uh, for myself included. But I think everything that he does is building up towards making this run, getting guys ready for these um, you know, ga- games in quick succession, um, you know, coaching them to be a tournament team. And I think that we generally, and you've mentioned this, really gel and come together at this point of the season. And, and hopefully we've been seeing a little bit of that in the Pac-12, but really we see this come together now. Um, I think the, tr- the trend has been in the right direction. Um so we'll we'll see. I think the, the I I I have us actually I think matching Gonzaga in the final four again this year. Um which I, I don't like, but I think if we do make it that far, it's likely to happen. Um but I I, I think the, the, to some degree we have some valuable learnings against them in the last um, two matchups. Obviously, we we know Drew Timmy very well. We've seen what Chet Holmgren um, can do to us, but I think there's a little bit more um, physicality within our team now than there was when we played them back in in November. Um, I think there's a little bit more of an emergence, obviously, about of Miles playing. Uh, down low and and plugging that up, so I, I I do think that there's we will play them a little differently. I I think getting blowing out by them in November is not something I would expect um, in our second matchup against them. I'm not saying we'll win, though. I think in my bracket I do have us winning because I'm an idiot. Um, but hey, I, if, I, if if you want to co-sign us, I mean. Kendrick Perkins has us winning it all, so that should tell you where the group that we're in. Oh um, God! <laughs> oh God! That's <laughs> not good. 
Yeah. So, I mean, what a group to, you know, what company to be in, in terms of everyone. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh I think God. I want us, I mean, obviously I want us to win for obvious reasons, but the joy that I could get from watching someone I can't stand actually, you know, just, just, just bask in this type of, I told you so. Uh, and that being because of UCLA's performance and championship, that would be kind of amazing. I would love to see that. <laughs> oh God, I didn't know Kendrick Perkins had us winning. We're definitely we're fucked. <laughs> Zed's uh, he's furiously typing and logging in right now. I need to change my whole bracket. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, um, yeah I, I, I so. I I do think that we have the ability, and I obviously have us going very far uh, in the bracket. Um, but don't don't <laughs> don't take that for anything. I always do that. So, um, but but all all jokes aside, I I do think that we we do have that ability, um, and I think we are coached up to the to get to this point to make this run, um, and all the. The decisions and the tinkering and the the um, the the games that we've played under Cronin uh, this season are, are are to get us ready for this and and I, I do think our guys will be ready but we'll we'll see tomorrow um, we'll see tomorrow night how we look against Akron and um, I think that will be telling and can give us a good sense of how we're locked in for the rest of the tournament but you know what we also looked horrible against michigan state in our first game last year and then went ham after that so who knows um but if we look you know locked in and ready against akron i think that will be a good omen for the rest of the tournament and if we don't it'll be too late our brackets will be locked at that point and we'll be screwed so um that's okay I um, it, I I can't help but think that LeBron James is rooting against us, uh, for this one, the kid from Akron, so I'm sure he'll be tuning in, but that's all right. I mean, we're not even recruiting Bronny, so it doesn't matter. But I was looking at some old tweets as we were talking about like from the Gonzaga UCLA game, and obviously LeBron was just like on on Jalen Suggs nuts after it, um, but I was, and that made me think about the Akron. Obviously, a kid from Akron, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, let's let's give it to them. Um, hopefully, we don't have a letdown game because I just don't. It's not even the fact that it's it's us, but just us not being in the right state of mind um, going into the matchup. I'm calling, which is going to be Indiana, but it might be St. Mary's. You never know; they could just lock in. This is going to be oh, let's remember this is March Madness, and there's a reason why it has that moniker. So we are about to see very soon. What's to come? In many ways, I'd rather play St. Mary's. Um, Indiana's been hot, so they're a little scary. Um, but, you know, we have no control over that, basically. Um, either team, I think we should be able to beat. But let's let's get past Akron first. Um, let's make sure we don't, don't take anybody lightly here, because like you said, there is a reason why this is called March Madness. Um, and it's because crazy things happen. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's 
it's the best time of the year, man. It it should be fun, um, and we're hoping for for UCLA to to go go back to where they were last year. Yeah, and there's beyond. a quote. There's a quote by T. S. Eliot, um, and you know we're the, getting the po- literary here. <laughs> I love his quote. He says that uh, April is the cruelest month, right? And uh, and I think that's the that's the case for many schools, right? But I'm hoping that's not our school come April. So let's let's avoid April being the cruelest month. Hopefully not. Um, we will see in due time. Yeah. Also, just to recap my wish list, I'm hoping that we beat all the blue bloods on the way to the championship. Uh, not you know not a big ask. And then uh, we probably have a crazy game where we're on the 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 other side of it, um, similar to Gonzaga's last game, one that's an all timer. So you know, not much to ask there. Little things. And yeah, let's go. Let's go March. Let's go Bruins. You uh, you you have a my wish list is just. I don't care who we play. Just, just keep, keep, keep winning. Um, I don't care if we beat all the blue bloods or not. As long as we keep winning. Um, in fact, if someone clears the blue bloods out for us, that's fine too. Um, so it is. Uh, yeah, looking forward to tomorrow. I, I can't wait. I'm literally just like been at work, working, and counting down the hours. Don't tell my boss that. Um, so we're, we're going to slack him this episode. You got to finish huh. it. So as soon as you finish it, we're slacking him this episode. <laughs> um, cool. And so other sports, I guess there are, there are other UCLA sports happening. Not, it's hard to say that during March, but, um, uh, you know, gymnastics has had a good run. Softball is crushing. Baseball fell off a bit against our rival. We won't talk too much about that because it doesn't matter at this point. And, uh, yeah, we got another commit, um, a CB commit from a former Matter Day kid in football. Um, not kid, he's a young man. And uh, Jalen Davies, who, you know, is coming off injury from his junior year at Matter Day, but it's good to see him return home um, as a transfer. Uh, from I like Oregon. This- yeah, from Oregon. I, I like his comments, what he said about UCLA. I think it's just important to, to get that out there. And then the last thing with football, speaking of recruiting, is that there's a video that just released by uh, one of um He's he's a social media uh, YouTube influencer named Destroyer, and he's being recruited by UCLA as a kicker, I believe. And he just completely documented for 25 minutes his visit, and it was awesome. I think it's very important we have that because it really highlights the facility. So if you haven't seen that video, we'll be retweeting it pretty shortly because this guy has 4 million. He has in 4 million. Oh, those 4 million are young young adults, so it's cool to see uh, that the inside, you know, interactions with the coaches and the players, and it really sheds some light and, and kind of takes away that, that misconception that UCLA is this stuck-up uh, environment um, and just all about business because... Uh, it it really shows that that's not the case. So cool video, huh. see. Um, I haven't seen it. I'll, yeah, I was just uh, watching it this it. morning. I think it came out yesterday, and he's just been uh, posting on his Instagram a bunch of photos from his visit. So he seemed to really oh, cool. enjoy it. Um, to that point, I think I, I don't know if you follow Coach Malo. Um, yeah, he's awesome. He's been doing a really cool job of kind of just showing the lighter side of of. Um, 
you know, the football program, a lot of guys having fun. Um, you know, he, he has a whole thing about how, how guys need to be working on the mental side of, of the game and keeping their minds right in general. Um, so he's been leading some sort of like mindfulness sessions, it seems like, and posting photos from those of, of the guys. So that's been cool to see. Um, but on that front also, uh, Bill McGovern, the defensive coordinator, is actually talking to reporters and journalists. It is insane. And he has a personality. He's he's not just angry. He's not an angry guy with a beard. He's talking about his pasty legs and and <laughs> and, and knowing that he needs to get get on social media. Uh, so it, it was refreshing. I I agree. I don't know if you uh, saw all his quotes or his interviews from you know multiple media sources, but yeah. Good you know, yeah, government. there's 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 some signs of life there and reasons to be. Um, reasons to be a little bit more excited about that side of, of the ball with, with our team, um, especially after the last few years. But, you know, obviously the, the results don't need to come on the field, but it's, it is nice to have a guy who actually will talk to somebody and not just refuse to speak about anything. So that was cool. I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to hearing more from him. Um, we'll see if, uh, if he has a, some tough sledding, if, uh, he still is open and willing to talk. Um, but it was still refreshing to see that. So that was cool. Yeah. And spring ball starting up. So we'll get into that in April once this tournament's done and no sooner. Uh, if we keep winning, we'll be talking about basketball. And if we lose, we will go into hibernation. Um, so you're not getting an episode from us on football anymore we're taking a football hiatus let's just take a sports hiatus i might just take a life hiatus <laughs> Uh oh! i told you april is the cruelest month life hiatus uh, <laughs> anyways um i think that's uh that's all we have for today um we get this tournament rolling tomorrow um excited yeah. Um, March Madness is upon us, so let's go Bruins. Let's go. All right, we'll catch you guys later.